Welcome to our podcast. It's not prod. <laughs> it's pod. I think I think I need to teach language mythologies right about now. Let's try that one again. Hello, SLPs. Welcome to True Confessions with Lisa and Sarah. Okay, can start confessing now. This is so cheesy. <laughs> Hey, Lisa. Hi, Sarah. Have you missed me? I have, because we got to spend about 92 hours a day together in mm-hmm. Boston, and now I haven't seen you in 13 hours. <laughs> and I, I really didn't know what to do with myself. I wanted to cry and be in the fetal position in the corner, but now we're here, and all is well in my world. It is so weird to not only be stuck in a booth with somebody for, what is it, 10 hours? I don't even know how long that is. Forever. And then go out all night, and then still be sleeping in the same place together, and then we showed up for work on Monday. Yeah, but usually we share the same bed, too. Not that that's creepy. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, no, but usually we have to share a hotel room. Right. Not the same bed, but the same bedroom, I that's guess. That's true. This time we did an Airbnb, so we had our own space, which was nice. I actually do think that's nice. It I know sometimes I have a little, like, um, separation anxiety. Right. I don't yeah. know why. One time we did get a hotel that had two rooms, <laughs> and I was like, when she handed us two keys, I was like, What? Yes, this is the greatest day of my life. And you were like, wait, what is this a mistake? Well, first of all, it was the element of surprise because we were invited to speak somewhere. And so they booked our hotel accommodations. And I was just assuming, I mean, we always have the same hotel room. And uh, that time we didn't. And so I just had to process everything. And then I'm like, wait, but I'm alone. And you're like, yes. And I'm like, (laughs) But alone? I know. But it was good. So it worked out. It worked out just fine. So yeah, this was fun. We did an Airbnb downtown, which um, I have mixed emotions about. It was nice to be downtown because we were close to everything. We could walk to tons of places and it was really fun. But I felt really removed this year. Normally, we stay in the Leadership Hotel, which if you have not been to an ASHA convention, because of the size of the um, crowd, they usually have several hotels that you can get a discount on, but there's typically like the one. That's connected to the convention. Right, and so we usually pick that one. And so then, not only are we with SLPs at this convention all day, but then we'll run into them in the hotel and in the lobbies and in the bars and restaurants. And this time we didn't have that as much. And that made it a little bit less of an experience for me. I really like that part. I like being around SLPs all the time. Yeah, but just the dynamics. It was team toolkit. Yeah, we that went this time. We brought some boys with us. Yeah. One of them lives with me, um, so I brought Isaac him. lives with no, you. No, 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 Mr. B. He came, and so that was so fun having him there because he gets it. Right. Because I talk about it, and he actually listens to me when I talk, so he gets it. But I wanted him to see it, so it was fun to have him there. And then we brought our engineer. I actually think it was good for both of those boys to see it because, like you said, our families hear all the time about what we're doing. But, you know, unless you really kind of put it in that bigger perspective, they just know we work a lot. Right. And they know that we're doing important things, but they don't really see how that's connected into any kind of real context. Right. So same thing with our developer. He's always hearing us talk about these amazing experiences we get to have when we get to travel and meet other people and hear from people that are using our product. But he's just, you know... Stuck in his little office building things. Yeah. And didn't get to see the impact of the software that he has developed. I know he loved talking to people who are using this product that he built with his bare hands, you know. That was a really cool experience. And then just to see the magnitude 
of um, what it is. I mean, we are probably the only two SLPs he really knows. Right. So anyway, we brought the boys, hence the reason why we ended up getting an Airbnb, so we all had bedrooms. Um, but it was, so it was a different experience this mm-hmm. year than typical. Even, um, usually we try to get more involved in activities outside of just the convention hall. And we really didn't do too much of that this time. It was just hard. You know, I think it's kind of funny that we brought these boys thinking it would give us an opportunity to be more involved because they thought, oh, hey, like we'll have some help in the booth. This will be awesome. We'll go to see some courses and we'll get to do this and do that. And nothing. I barely had time to go to the bathroom. Right. Right. We never got to really leave that booth too much. One time we did escape and we're so mean that we posted about it. (laughs) We literally said, the boys are stuck in the booth alone. Go ask them really hard questions. And harass them. We really wanted somebody to video it. but Yeah, nobody sent us a video, but some people did do it and messaged us. And, I, and one of them said that um, they they tried to talk to them, and they, the boys just kept saying, the girls will be back. <laughs> They'll be back this afternoon. Well, even there was one time you weren't there, but um, I, your husband Trent was left in the booth with me, and I was talking to our SLP blogger friends behind us, and I said, hey, Danielle, go. I'm going to step back just a little bit where he can't see me. I said, go up and start, like, asking him some questions. And so we died laughing because I think he didn't know he was alone. Like all of a sudden, at least he (laughs) he had Isaac at least when we would go leave. And so she did, she, we were cracking up because he thought like, Oh my gosh, he was abandoned. I'm abandoned. I don't know any of the questions because really he was great at scanning badges. Yeah. And I was telling people that, you know, when they'd ask what they were going to win, I said, a date with this handsome fellow. (laughs) And then he'd get all red and blush and uncomfortable. Yeah, that's the thing you have to know. Clearly, I did not marry somebody like myself, (laughs) right? Because we we would have killed each other about 12 years ago. He's super quiet and and reserved. He did great, though. I've never seen him talk so much in my life. I didn't know he had teeth. All those smiles. (laughs) Like, he smiled a lot. I know. Yeah, I was really proud of him. He did a great job. But it was funny. One of the very first people who said something like, what is this? And he goes, it's an app. And then he turned and looked at like our big giant um, backdrop that has a little some bullet points, some bullet point keywords of what the app does and kind of just read off the thing. And I thought, oh, he doesn't even know what this app does. I know. But he picked it up after hearing us he for did. a while. Then he picked it up and I heard him actually telling people what it did. And it was really cool. I think he had a good time. I think yeah. that was good for him to see. Yeah, it was. It was great. So, um, first and foremost, did we, what What did you think about the convention? Did, did you have uh, a good time? Well, I think conventions are always great. So, if you guys have been to them, you'll understand. Like, I think my very first convention was before we even had a business. And that first time you even enter into, whether it be the exhibit hall or just that convention area where you pick up your registration, it's this crackle of electricity of Wow, everybody's here to learn. Everybody is uh, an SLP. So, like, that kind of energy of just being surrounded by your people is super, super cool. So, this did not disappoint in that sense. And this exhibit hall was the most beautiful exhibit hall I've ever seen. It was the best exhibit hall I've ever seen, too. I don't know um, about the the convention. Again, we didn't get out much, you guys. So, um, everything we're probably going to talk about in this episode is secondhand from all the SLPs we talked to. But um, we never really left... So, I, but I do think things were really spread out. Okay. Um, and so I think it, it's you know you're walking a lot to get to courses and do things like that. But as far as exhibit halls go, most beautiful one I've ever seen. Such a cool location for that. Um, 
Really these, modern these looking. These were record-breaking numbers. Did you know that? No, I never heard we, that. They broke records. They expected 18,000. They had over 20,000. Wow. Um, and so that's a lot of people kind of packed into this this one little area of Boston. Um, and anyway, and so, you know, did I do I like the conventions? I have to say I do. I know there's some mixed opinions out there about them. But again, when are you ever going to be around that many people who get you? Right. They really, truly get you. Never once do I have to explain to somebody what I do for a living. You know, and so there is something to be, I think it's funny whenever we go to these, we'll be like kind of at a restaurant or we'll be out somewhere and we'll be like, those are SLPs. <laughs> those are SLPs. You know, you just know your people. Yep. And so it's, I love being around them. Um, I think the idea of being able to knock out a ton of CEs, in a couple of days, you know, that's, that's a real perk. Um, and then to go to the exhibit halls and see what's new and out there. And get 400 pens that yeah. you'll use over the next All 19 the years. Swag. Yeah. Oh, that's one regret I have, though. We ran out of swag fast. I blew it. I, I regret really not picking it. up any swag. Yeah, that's true. I promise you guys next year, if you came to our booth and we had nothing left, I will prepare for that next year. You just never know. You it never was know gone by made. the morning of yeah. day two. It was. So that was my bad, and I apologize for that. You're fired. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> so, um, anyway, did we like it? Yes. In talking to other SLPs, very mixed reactions. I think um, there's a couple of camps. I think there's those of us that really do enjoy that crowd, mm -hmm. and which I'm really not an extrovert, which I know sounds weird because I talk a lot, and I, and I do enjoy talking to people. But I also get some social anxiety, and, and I don't do great in crowds. Right. Um, but for that experience, I again, I think it's just because I like the peer part of it. Um, but I think some people are overwhelmed. It's a lot of people. Well, crowded, and you don't crowded, crowded into tiny spaces. You don't have to though. I think if you're just going as a participant, I think we have some extra demands because we're exhibiting too. So we're talking to people all day, nine, 10 hours a day. And um, that's a different experience. But thinking back of when I've gone as just a convention goer, what I think I always liked about it is if you just wanted to do your own thing, you could. Typically, you can network with a friend that you know um, and find somebody that if you wanted to meet up with either for lunch or for dinner or whatever you can. And even if you go there completely solo, there, You'll find someone. Right. There are always groups. Like, I can remember going, and I want to say maybe it was even May um, from Exceptional Ed. The She was with Yap Guru back then. But when I went to Chicago once, she had organized some local meetups of like, hey, if you want to come and meet for pizza, we're going to go here. So there are always those opportunities. It's almost like a cruise ship. Or you can do nothing or do everything. It's right. really what you're That's in the mood for. That's up to you. I agree. If, it, if it's so overwhelming to be kind of on all day, then you can go duck out and kind of do your own thing. Um, but I've, I have gone to conventions, again, pre-business, and met people in um, a session that I ended up hanging out with for a little while. Um, I think it's nice to have a buddy. I, yeah. you know. But that's just that's just what I think about it. So I do think some people are overwhelmed by it. So we get that. I get that that might be kind of not your thing to be with, again, a lot of people. Well, and you're doing a lot of learning. So if you're going to session after session after session, you're drained anyways. So if you have those pressures on top of you to have to remember things like manners. Right. <laughs> and just know, but just to be social. Like there's certain expectations. But I will say when I have not been locked to my booth 24-7, I have run into old college professors, which yeah. is super cool. Like I have, um, I went to the Arizona State University and one of my primary professors was Dr. Leonard LaPointe, who is now, I think, somewhere in Florida. I want to say FSU, 
but I ran into him just on an escalator once. And I was like, this is so cool. Or one of my grad school friends that now lives in Toronto, when we were um, both in Chicago at that convention, we were able to meet up and I hadn't seen her in years. So things like that. Yeah. Or like think, I'm sure there's people you went to college with, they've moved since college. Right. So that was that example. Yeah. She, trying to get together with your your cohort was is the best. Exactly. Yeah. So just to catch up and, and just to have fun. And so there are just, it's a unique place that draws a lot of different people together and you can do nothing or do everything. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that. So if you've never gone, you've got to go once at least. Heck yeah. I think it's totally worth um, the experience is really kind of a trip. Like I know it's expensive. I also know the timing's not great. The week before Thanksgiving is probably not the best time in the world for us to be trying to take time off. Um, and so that can be really hard, but try and find at least one opportunity to go in your lifetime. And try to be creative too when you're thinking about funding. A lot of times, you know, I always think back of when I was working as the lead SLP in our district and I would hear requests for things. And so I'd always hear kind of like the administration's response to what they wanted to hear if you were requesting something like time off. Sometimes it would just be they would give you the paid time off, which is great. Other times they would offer to pay for the convention if you would take what you learned and brought it back and present it to your entire group. Right. So offer things like that. Say, hey, I'll go for our group. I'll get this information. I'll present to our group. And even if you've never presented before, it doesn't have to be this like crazy, scary, you know, formal thing where you're like the researcher in front of the group. It's just, hey, this is what I learned. Here are my takeaways. Here are some materials. And it, um, that's a great way to get it covered where... You don't have to then maybe come up with all of those funds by yourself. Yeah, that's true because it is. It's expensive. I mean, we worked in a district that wouldn't even give me the paid time off to go. Right. So it is what it is. Um, As far as courses went and feedback from SLPs, we again, we didn't get out. We went to one course. But Um, I do want to say that one, I heard there was an amazing panel and there was this one standout (laughs) On the panel, this tall blonde. <laughs> right. We'll talk about that in just a second. But as we talked to other people, I, that's one of the first questions I ask people who stop by the booth. Because I want to know. I want to know the great courses that are out there and what people are learning. Um, and again, mixed reviews there too. Um, uh, for, for a couple of reasons. One, um, there is, and we've felt this because we've gone to conferences solely to attend sessions. Um, there is, it's really hard to find practical sessions sometimes. So you're going to what you think might be more practical, and then it's very research-heavy and theory. And um, as practicing clinicians with the caseloads we have and the demands we have, I need information. Mm -hmm. I need you to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not bagging research. It is so critically important to this field. Um, but it, it, there's just, there needs to be more balance there where if you're, if we're going to talk research, I want to know the outcomes in the sense of what can I do? Right. I don't need the study parameters. I just want kind of like the highlight reel and then how that applies to me as a clinician or how it could, because I know a lot of times that research, it doesn't have a direct, um, outcome because what you get from those studies is we need to study more about this, this, and this. But I think what they could do is work with clinicians and say, Hey, these were some of our questions. Go out there, try this, see how this works. And, you know, I wish we could work more collaboratively with our researchers to get some 
practice of that information to really then, again, drive what needs to happen next. Well, we did an entire podcast episode about this very thing with Meredith and the disconnect between research and practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you see it at the convention. I think a lot, um, Ash is very, you know, science heavy they just you know that that tends to be a lot of of what we're seeing as far as as presenters Meredith talked about why we researchers need to go out and present um and so I think her suggestion on that podcast episode was Asha could do us a solid and let us know is this going to be practical or more research heavy like in the actual description of the course well and I think they could do us a solid too by maybe offering a research and clinical track yeah. So like just make sure that the offerings are balanced where if you see that 9 out of 10 are all research based and didn't you look well, at the statistics? Well, I looked because, okay, Asha has a great app. That's what allows you to see what's in the exhibit hall and all of the courses and stuff. And so you can look and you can you can filter by research or, um, I don't remember how it was worded, but something like to oh. allude that it's for more clinical. Okay. And it does look like it's half and half. But I'm telling you, those ones listed as clinical um, aren't always clinical. I see. And so I had people telling me that they went to go into a course that looked promising and then sat through a lot of theory. And so it's, it's just the reality of things. And, you know, here's the good news is we do have people like Meredith who loves that stuff. And then she comes and summarizes it for us. Yeah, I, like so I, I love it too. Because then I was able to go, oh my gosh, that one does sound interesting. I do want to learn more about it. Um, and so shout out to Meredith with the informed SLP for doing that for us. First of all, she dumbs it down for me a little bit <laughs> because I don't always understand what the heck they're even talking about. Um, and then two, it's, it's the highlight reel, right? It's like, here's the most recent information that's out there. Here's what you guys need to be, what you mm-hmm. need to know. Mm-hmm. And that to me is more valuable than me trying to sit through those sessions. Or what happens is then you just don't sit through them. Yeah. You like, don't even give it a I, chance. We talked to a lot of people who left sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not going to waste your time. No. Then it, it sounds like also um, the ones that were, you know, the sessions that were probably more practical and relevant to especially school-based SLPs were either in smaller rooms or they just fill up really fast. So you're doing a lot of overflow. You're doing a lot of sitting on the floor. Um, and, and even if you show up really early, there's not enough seats. So there's those kinds of problems. But I don't want to bag Ash for that part because I can't even imagine legit logistically, how they figure this out, and how do they really know which ones are going to be the courses? I mean, obviously, when you have like MGW and Pam Crook presenting on social thinking, you're giving them a huge room. I thought it was MGW. (laughs) (laughs) No, but here's, okay, so here we are. We're a couple of problem solvers. I think that they offer those ways to build your schedule in advance. Have you seen that? Like when you go, and I, again, I have not been able to well, use you it. you kind of say which ones you're going to go to. Right, and I, I can't Te- believe. Does Texas do that? So one of them requires you to kind of sign up for your courses so they know. Maybe, I think it but was. even yeah, ASHA Chicago. has a scheduler where you can build it out online and select the classes that look interesting to you, so then you can print a schedule. I wish they would take it that next step to extract that data and then say, okay, we can see there's a heavy interest in this course. And if they did that, then it could maybe solve some of those overflow problems or people getting, you know, not getting into sessions, even if they were there 30 minutes early or whatever the case may be. Yeah. That would be a great solution to that. Because that's a bummer. You you trek. Again, you're going far to some of these classes. You get there, you get there early, and then there's no seat for you um, is really kind of a bummer. 
Um, they always say, so if you do go to a convention, always have a couple of backups. Yeah. So if you can't get into this, because you don't want to be doing that in the moment, you'll miss like 15 minutes of the session. If you think you're going to one and then you're like, oh, sweet, this is full. What's next? And then you hop on to try to like sift through the courses that might you might always also have an interest in. So just kind of, I, I like that book. I like the app is, is great, but the book I could just circle then and yeah. have it with me and my... It is overwhelming. There's a ton of courses. I always have that FOMO feeling too, where it's like, oh, I've got like five things I want to go see in that same hour. Um, and so then I'm afraid I'm going to miss one. And then again, that's when you get real annoyed though, because you pick one and then it's not great. And then you, anyway. You have five in one hour and then zero in another. Yeah, it's tough. I get it. <laughs> but I think go, you go in with an open mind. Mm-hmm. And the, the key is, is, you know, these things are going to happen, but you're, st- you're still going to find something that, you know, adds sure. value. You always know the safe ones to go to are going to be anything from social thinking or Sarah Ward or um, Nina Reeves and Scott Yaris. You right, know, right. There's always going to be those ones where you know the practical ones. And so try to at least get a few into a few of those if you can. Um, and then I have to tell you, this is why we created Summit. So there's online opportunities out there for you to learn. And we're getting really great speakers and our number one request for them is can you please make it practical you only get an hour you know give me the resources at the end hand me that slide so I can go see the research you did but if you could just spend the hour giving me things I can actually use in therapy the next day then and that's what all of our presenters have been able to do it's online it's at your convenience Um, and so that's a really great opportunity to be able to also get really quality information. Right. And we've got another one coming up the week of January 7th, which is really, really exciting. Um, Okay, what else? Oh, one thing. And I don't know if this is true, you guys, but I have several people tell me, so I'm going to say it. But again, I guess in the opening ceremony, when they were, um, I think the the president of ASHA was speaking or somebody was, there was no mention of schools. But did they mention other other settings. It sounded like they were talking about kind of the what's happening, oh. and schools was never mentioned. So again, if I'm wrong, let me know, and I will do a you know I will I will clear this up. But um, when I hear things like that, my first reaction is seriously, we are more than half of the speech language pathologists that are members of ASHA are in the schools, more than half, and so this is where I get on my soapbox a little bit. I am tired of not being heard, people. Right, right. I really, really am. When we are a huge population of SLPs, um, we need to be seen mm-hmm. and we need to be heard. And, um, you know, again, maybe this is just, I, I need a mind, sh- uh, mind shift on this, but I, I don't always think we're very recognized. And um, I think that's unfortunate. I think the pendulum might be swinging a little bit, though, because what I did learn from probably this convention more than others because of the neighbors that we had is they are seeing the influence of those of us on social media who do have larger audiences. And again, a lot of those are going to be our blogger friends have huge audiences. And I think Asha is seeing that, you know, these are the people that we want to hear from. These are the people who, you know, again, are making kind of a difference um, for us because of the, the um, reach they have to audiences. So I, I hope things are going to change. Um, that forum they did a few months back, all about the schools. The virtual hall. Yeah, it was just a starting point. I mean, let's be real. There was not a lot of solutions given, but it was a starting point at least. I think there's things happening, some momentum maybe where we're thinking 
you know, school SLPs need more support. So we'll, well see. I will tell you one of the things I noticed this time that I have not, I think, ever noticed in any convention we've done is we got a lot of students up to our booth. Yeah. And when we asked them what field they wanted to go into or what setting, not field, a lot of them said schools. Uh-huh. And I was super impressed because I know that that's another pendulum that needs to shift that there wasn't a lot of credibility given to the role of a school-based SLP right. when I was in university over 20 years ago. And even we've had some grad students work with us with SLP Toolkit and said that there was still pretty much that dichotomy of medical versus school-based. Right. And I think there is a more of a respect of, yeah, I do want to work with kids. I do want to work in a school setting. And the thing that comes out now is almost like the respect of it is a hard job. That is the kind of setting where you need to know a lot about a lot. You get exposure to lots of different ages and different um, types of disabilities that you work with. So that was a little bit of a shift that I think I had not seen in talking to students in the the past. You're right. I feel like typically when you ask them where they're going to go, it's medical. Yep. Always. You're right. And I did talk to a lot that were going into the schools that have been loving their school externships. Yay. I know. And I have to say, I, I this is, again, where I want that big pendulum swing is the fact that school-based SOPs are badass. Respect. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, there is no doubt the amazing depth of knowledge um, that school-based SOPs have to have in order to be effective in the schools. There, there is nothing quite like it. Not just the knowledge, the organization, yeah. the the interpersonal skills the to work so collaboratively. Skills, administration skills, that paperwork, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. just even the interpersonal collaboration skills to work within a team effectively. And it's, um, it's definitely a different setting than even it was like, you know, the demands are different than it was even 10, 15 right. years ago. So you have to be, like you said, a badass to yep. work in the school setting. So I think things are going to change. I really do think we're going to start to get the recognition and the support that we deserve. Um, here's one thing is we aren't somebody who just like sits around and talks a lot of crap about something. Like, oh, we're, poor, yes. <laughs> we're ignored. Nobody cares. Um, and not do anything about it. Right. And so I did. Um, I, I was talking to people. I do want to get more involved. Um, you know, if Ash ever wants to call us. We're happy to give Sarah's some suggestions. Yeah, right. 602. <laughs> no, but really, like, uh, we're both members of SIG 16, which is the, the group um, for school-based SLPs. I need to get more involved there. Right. Um, and I need to see what we can do. We talked a lot about, um, obviously, we all know the problems of school-based SLPs. Almost all of it revolves around caseload size. Um, I know that they're trying to figure out how they can get involved when those decisions are made at state levels. And so um, I was talking to Jenna Rayburn actually for a long time about um, advocating and uh, our role as advocates for not only our our school that we're in, but the district and state level um, and how difficult that is for us to do. I mean, one, just time-wise, we don't have time to go out, you know, on the streets and picket. Um, And so what is it that we can do? And she she gave a great example of um, she went to her uh, district and advocated for the 3-1 service delivery model. And what she was, how she was able to do that so successfully is because she got all of the resources and research from ASHA. They have an entire section about why it's an effective model. She printed that all out and then took that to the district. Right. And so that's the kind of thing that needs to be happening from if ASHA can give us the tools, then I will go take those to the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if I have to go and do all the research and dig up all the information and it's come up, it, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's just not not with all the other things that we have to handle. Ain't nobody got time for that? No. So... 
off kind of off the soapbox there except know that we do hear you guys we do see what's going on we know we've been there and we do want to do whatever it takes to help and so we are we're going to see you know how we can get more involved so there's that okay let's talk about our neighbors oh the best holy crap right i loved it we were on a uh, party island <laughs> sl party island yeah it was really amazing we um right to the to the uh, left of us was our besties at Little B. I they mean, are literally some of the most lovely human beings I've ever met in my life. Ever. And even when they bring, so it's Heidi and her husband Chris are always there. And then oftentimes Chris brings his sister Summer. Yeah. And they're just so nice and they're funny. Nice and funny. Oh, because and you Heidi need some laughter. And Heidi never leaves that booth. I know. She is a rock star and she is always there. First of all, they're always slammed. They always are doing demos of their amazing apps, which we have talked a lot about because we genuinely love them. We will never talk about things that we don't actually use mm-hmm. and believe in. We love their apps. Um, and they, they're just beautifully done and really, really helpful. And so they were out there doing demos the whole time and and, and uh, Heidi's always out there. And then my feet hurt, so Chris gave me his used insoles, which I <laughs> highly appreciated. Chris is the funniest. And he's great because, again, another husband of an SLP, but he can talk the talk. Yeah, I don't think you'll know for quite a while he's not actually an SLP. (laughs) So stump him sometime if if you're ever next to him. But anyway, love them. They were the first people, other probably business owners, that we ever really met. And it was our very first convention. It was in Fort Worth, and it was at um, the Texas State Association. And um, I am a, I do fangirl. I will not lie. I fangirl a little. Well, Heidi is the OG of vloggers. If you do not remember, she had started Mommy Speech Blog years ago. This was like the beginning of blogging. Um, And so I knew who she was already, and we were walking into our convention for that first day to go into our booth, and we see her. And I like kind of geek out a little bit. Well, they end up being next to us in the exhibit hall. And um, so we started talking to them. And because you're set in close quarters for so many days, we genuinely became friends. And they were so helpful. They gave us a ton of information about how to survive, you know, and as an exhibitors and what we needed to t- get out of the experience. They and were the example. We were the Don example. So I think yeah. that even like when we were walking into that convention center, I mean, Sarah and I didn't know what we were doing. We just knew we were in Texas and everybody is beautiful and has their, you know, high hair and high heels. And so we're like, all right, let's do this. And so we showed up that first day in heel, like to stand in an exhibit booth. It's hard enough when you have tennis shoes on, but I remember um, Heidi and her team walking ahead of us in the crosswalk with Converse jeans and t-shirts. And we just kind of look at each other like, all right, wardrobe fail. And then when we get in there, I think too, like we did our best with our booth design. the jankiest poster that I made and I'm no graphic designer. It was terrible. But, you know, again, you don't until you look at it. And we had a tablecloth with our tree logo. (laughs) Do you remember that? I do. Okay. It's amazing. It's so bad. Um, So, like, I just think, like, we're next to Little B, who um, Chris, Heidi's husband, is the graphic designer for everything in the app and their backdrop and everything. And so we're like, all right, there might be a couple things we could change yeah. next year, next time we exhibit. Yeah, so, but they yeah. made us feel so comfortable. The so best. They've been our friends ever since. We are genuinely would call them our friends. So who else was on SLP? Or it's actually it's SL Party Island because the yeah. P is in party. Yeah. So then behind us is the bloggers, and I'm going to give you five seconds to name them all. Go. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to freeze. Uh, I don't I like the pressure. Freeze. Okay, so we had. Are we ready? I know Danielle. Jenna, Jen, Maureen, Felice, Nicole, Hallie, Natalie, Nicole, Natalie, uh, Christine. Uh, 
Totally missing. Did we get them all? Shannon. 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 Of course, Shannon. Oh my gosh, did we get them all? I hope so. I think so. I think there was like 10 of them. And you guys, we don't have to tell you anything about them. You know these people. They are as, you know, big of a deal as it gets. I had seen them a few years ago at a convention pre-SLP toolkit days and like fangirled hard. Hard enough to the point where like I just stalked them from distances. <laughs> you weirdo. So embarrassing, right? Because <sighs> it was like, I don't want to approach them. Like, I, nah. So I just like would watch them from like, you know, a distance because... These girls are recognizable. They're, you know their brands. You know what they're doing right. for this field. And so they are a big deal. Um, and so over the years, because of our collaboration with them, we have gotten to know them. All so lovely. Yeah, and get to call them friends. And, I mean, these girls just could not be any bigger bosses. Their booth is swamped all the time. They have the best swag. Well, and not only bo- – I think, like, people – I always kind of look at this group of ladies as how – uh, I think a lot of people might look at them how my teenage daughter looks at the YouTubers that she thinks she can just slap something up on on YouTube and be like living in a mansion in LA. And I'm like, no, honey, there's so much work that, that goes behind this. And that's what I look at that group of women and they are business bosses. Yeah. Like they have to do marketing and creation of materials and sales and, and put themselves out there. And they are just literally boss ladies, yeah. each and every one yeah, of them. I'm glad you made that point because I don't think people understand no, exactly I what have. they're doing. It is a full-time yeah. job, if not more. Right. Um, and, and we got a glimpse of that even in our um, the blog that we have, which we don't blog. You know, that's just part of our business. Right. It's not our only business. Um, and so, you know, we don't blog probably as much as we even should. And even trying to manage our social media, right, right. I don't do it half as good as they do. And it's a full-time job. Yeah, they're legit. So they, they are, are, they, you know, I respect what they're doing totally. A hundred percent. And let's not also forget that they are pioneers, really, because up until the, a certain point, there was a couple of websites. I always think of speaking of speech. Yes. You know, .com is where we could get some downloadables um, and some resources and visuals. Um, but up until this group of bloggers, um, never before did we have access to so much practical information. And, you know, say what you will about it. I think there are some mixed feelings and and I see comments out there about it Um, but these are people who saw a problem and decided that they were going to come up with a solution to it right and so they use what they know they use what their experience is they find things that you know they, they create things that don't exist they are willing to share their honest experiences in life what they are doing is really really huge right and I they deserve to have get recognition for that because um it, it's it's a big deal and so, yes, as, and we'll talk about Lisa's presentation she did too. What? As business owners, we have a huge ethical responsibility to make sure that the products that we're putting out there are research-based and um, effective and, you know, that we're not just making like these crazy claims. Um, and so it's really, really important that we're very thoughtful about that. Um, and for the most part... You can't say that these girls aren't doing no, that. No, they're amazing. Yeah, they really, really are. So we and we love them. Uh, first of all, they're freaking hysterical. And what I think is the best is um, they take kind of turns in there because there's so many of them. And so if they don't want to be really kind of talking to people, they better freaking hide <laughs> because like they like you can't go anywhere and not see one of them and somebody not recognize them. Or if you want to, if they wanted to eat lunch, they hid. Like Jenna yeah. hid in between our two exhibit um, yeah. backdrops to <laughs> eat a eat sandwich, sandwich. Yeah. so she could eat a sandwich without um, having to talk to someone with her mouth full of sandwich. Right, right. And they're so nice, and they I, are. I actually had asked Jenna at one time, like, 
do you like this? Because literally, I mean, I think she can't even go to the grocery store in the area without like somebody probably commenting. And I'm like, do you really like this? And she's like, I really do. I really do. I love to talk to these people and, and I appreciate them. And yeah, so anyway, so fun. So then next to the bloggers was our bestie, Jenny, who um, we've had on the podcast and she spent time in Phoenix with us. Bjorn's speech from, sound cues. Yeah, and uh, if you don't know Jenny... You're lost. And her whole crew and her was whole crew. the best. Can you name them? Oh, my gosh. Okay, ready? Catherine. Catherine. Can't, Catherine Sarah. Sarah. Anne. I think that was... Uh, do we get them all? Yeah. No, we're missing some... Katie. Katie. Hannah. Huh? Hannah. Wait, you said Hannah. Okay. All right. I hope we got all of them. So that crew was, was amazing. Katie oh, Katie. We got to hang out with them. They are a blast. Um, but one thing, talking about like these, you know, being a little bit more recognizable, like the bloggers and stuff, Jenny made everybody pens. <laughs> that said hashtag Asha famous on them, which I thought was so funny because honestly, only at an Asha convention does anyone know who you are. Right. Right. But that is weird. So I think that was actually kind of funny even for like your husband to see because he's like, all right, because people would come up and they're like, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. And he just kind of looked over like, and I think not just he, sometimes we look over like, who? who? Who's here? <laughs> and they're like, no, no, we want our picture with you. And we're like. Oh, oh, okay, sure, no yeah. problem. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, let me start by saying we love when you say hi to us. We love, I don't care where I am, please say hi. Please give me a hug. Please talk to us. Um, I don't know how to handle the fact that you think I'm not, that, that you think right, I am right, something. Right. It is very odd. I don't think Lisa and I ever in a million years thought we would be here. Well, in this place we're in right now. This is just not what we signed up for at all. But when we started business and went social media, we had to put ourselves out there. I mean, really, like our brand is just as important sometimes as our product. And so we're, we are out there. And so we, we know, you know, as our audience grows, that, that people may see us in a, in a kind of a weird way. But I, I don't know what to do with it. Right. It is. And it, because yeah. I think what I, my perception always is, is we have this office. You and I look at each other. Every day, you're welcome. <laughs> and, you know, occasionally have people drop in. Like, you know, we have administrative um, support. We have our developer that drops in every now and then. But we're in this office all day just doing our thing. Yeah. And so when we get out of here, we I, I don't think we kind of remember that we do put ourselves out. Like, we do this podcast. We post things on Instagram and things like that where you just don't feel it until you get to somewhere where people actually are like, oh, you really do listen. We're up to 12 listeners now on yeah. your podcast. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, well, no, I think we we're, I think we're up to like 20 at least. Ooh, yeah. woo, wow, double digits. Yeah, it's pretty impressive stuff. Um, but yeah, so that part's kind of a, it's kind of a weird feeling. Um, but the, the thing about social media is, is we know you too. Right. Like I genuinely feel like we're friends and, and I love engaging with people and I love um, that connection that we're making. And so it's this in real life moment. You know, where it's like... IRL. Yeah, you. I know you guys feel like you know us because we tell you everything about us. <laughs> um, and so we really do appreciate when you will come and talk to us and hang out in our booth. Um, we had a lot of users come by the booth, which for us um, is super meaningful because... You know, there's a lot of insecurity and doubt that gets put out there when, when you're creating a product and putting it out for the world to see. And so there's always that kind of in the back of our mind, like, is this product adding value to people's lives? And so when we go to the, we get emails and people tell us, but when we go to the conventions and you come and tell us and what it's us. doing for you. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's hard not to like almost get emotional about it because um, that's what we created this for. 
We really, really wanted this to be a resource that made people's lives easier, work lives easier, um, and gave people information that made them feel confident about what they were doing. So when you're telling us that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing for you, it makes you know all of this so worthwhile for us. Um, and then you want to talk about like we would be demoing? Well, it was kind of awesome because you would have people that would just come up and just kind of like say, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. And then I was doing a demo for one person at the booth and someone walks by and goes, just buy it. Yeah. You're, you'll love it. Just buy it. Yeah. And then she keeps walking. And the lady that I'm doing the demo with, and I just kind of look at her and go, I swear I've never met her ever in my life. <laughs> you pay her to say that. But then she like kind of rounds the corner. This lady, she goes, you can send me my check later. <laughs> and then what was really cute, she did come back to the booth and she um, just chatted for a while. It was that same kind of thing. Like, you know, no, I just, I really love what you guys are doing. You've completely changed how I practice as an SLP. And I think that's the one for me. It literally, like, I, I have goosebumps. Yeah. Anytime somebody said that, it was, you know, we have clearly put a lot of work into this. There are a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into any business. and But it was for this. Yep. It was, we saw this need for ourselves and that we can share it with people and really change um, how they're feeling about their workload and their systems and give them something that makes them feel more confident. I mean, it's just, there's nothing better, honestly. Yeah. It's true. It makes it, it just is, it's a, an amazing feeling knowing that we have contributed something. I mean, again, I think we're very like solution oriented people, um, but I still don't really think I appreciate the magnitude right. of, um, of why us, like why were we able to, to do something that can really help so many people. Um, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around. And you guys, if you've got things out there and ideas and solutions that you think are really going to make a difference in this field, do it. Like, you know, that's that's the amazing thing. And, and I just caught a blog post Jenna put out today um, on Speech Room News where she was talking about SLP entrepreneurs. And it is so true. We were surrounded by female, mostly. I mean, we just it's just the nature of it. Uh, female bosses, you know, who have put themselves out there and um, are really trying to make contributions to better this field. Um, and it's it's just a really cool thing. And so that leads me into our things, our next discussion about Lisa Presented. Oh, yeah. On a panel with some other boss ladies. Um, so we had Megan Sutton from Tactus Speech. She is a genius. She's I love the her. smartest and so articulate. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's not, She's not like an, un, well, unrelatable in that I don't feel like I'm a genius, but she is just really well put together her everything she says is super thoughtful mm -hmm. and her product and is amazing on. yes yep. I just really really like her a lot I do too and then we had Danielle from Sublime Speech and Exceptional Ed yes um and then um I, I just went blank oh um oh my gosh really Sarah Rachel thank you Rachel Madel did I yep. say her name right um from Talking With Tech and then we had May with Exceptional Ed was the host was that it yes is that right? Yeah. You guys yeah. About? Okay. Now we were like going through all of these things. And so it was the coolest topic. Um, it was an ethics course. So obviously this wasn't one that needed overflow. Because um, <laughs> boring. Maybe in 2020. When you're when, required to yeah, have an ethics course. Everyone's going to be required to have one, but right. not in 2018. Right. Not a PAX room. Um, but it was all about the roles of business owners, SLP business owners, um, and following the code of ethics. And I learned something new. I guess it's not, I didn't learn it, you know, as something new, but just never had thought about it before. That because we are SLPs, we have to follow the code of ethics in our business practices. Whereas if I owned this business and I was not an SLP, 
I would not have right. to. And that is a huge responsibility. So Megan even pointed out, even in terms of marketing, that um, she's, when you think of even outsourcing for marketing, that she's had to really go through some of the materials with her SLP lens because uh, they'll say something. She's like, no, 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 we can't say this. And they're like, do you want to sell this? And she goes, yes, but I have to be ethical in how I'm presenting what our product does. And she said that's actually something that's difficult for their business to grapple with in terms of looking at competing businesses that are not owned by SLPs and make claims that are maybe not true. Exactly right. Yeah, and so um, the they what May did is she had picked out uh, the code, different ethics and then asked a question, and then you guys took turns answering um, the questions about all of the different um, roles we have as business owners and following that. And it, I learned a lot. You guys did a brilliant job. Um, so much so that you got high accolades from somebody who was involved in writing the ethics. So well, he was on the ethics committee. We went through our whole panel discussion and at the end opened it up for questions. So a couple of people stood up and asked questions and we answered it. And then at the end, there's this gentleman, you know, very refined gentleman, that's older gentleman that lo- stands up and says, well, I don't have a question. I just have a comment. And I'm like, oh, shit. Here, Here it go. comes. I'm swearing for you. I, I felt like there. we, we yeah. did good. And then I don't know what this is going to be. And then he stated that he was on the panel or the group that created the ethics and just felt really good about the information that we presented. And he complimented you guys. Yeah. He talked about your courage. And, and what that means for you, you know, these are, this is our livelihood and we've got this kind of burden of responsibility. Right. And it was really, really cool. It was cool. Yeah. The whole experience. And I think May did a really great job of organizing everything. I know this was something that she's been putting together for a couple of years. She's been involved in technology for a while and this was kind of her baby to come up with this concept and was gracious enough to invite um, tool and kit. So we had to fight over who got to be on and the I panel. And I won. What? I won. Because <laughs> I didn't have to do it. <laughs> the winner was the one who didn't have to do it. No, but it was a great lens of people in different fields. So Danielle's um, perspective is she's sublime speech. So she's got her TPT kind of venue, but then also is involved in exceptional ed, which is an online continuing education platform. Rachel is involved in, she does podcasts and and does a lot of videos online for, Mm -hmm. she works in uh, her own clinic that specializes in autism. And then you have Megan from Tactus, um, who has a bunch of apps. And so it was just a really interesting kind of perspective that everyone brought to the questions. Yeah. Really good. You guys did it. You guys really knocked it out of the park. I actually told May she probably needs to to do this presentation again online so more people get, get in the hands mm-hmm. of more people. Um, because, one, even if you're not a business owner, um, if you are curious about, you know, who you can trust in the process of other businesses that are out there from these the companies that you're buying from, um, I thought it was really, really interesting. So, we did have nice Meredith job. came to ours, oh, too. I was going to bring up Meredith. I, we already talked about her a little bit because, thank goodness, that she um, translates all of the courses <laughs> all of the courses that she attended for me and my, my uh, benefit. Um, but anyway, she is one of our favorite humans I know. in every way possible. We I, Obviously, we talked about her on with that podcast episode we did with her. She's the perfect balance of science and practice. Like so she is like the epitome of somebody who gets both worlds. Her feet are in is in both worlds. Um but also she's a boss. And super funny and yeah. super personable and really likable. Yeah. Yeah, and so 
Um, we have some regrets in the sense of being stuck in a booth did not allow us to go out and see people we wanted to see and, and go to other businesses we wanted to go to. I just wanted a super duper bag. Yeah, yeah. We did not get any super duper bags. Um, I wanted to go to the Parts with Speech Shop Girls, have those great sweatshirts. Oh, I, I wanted... just reached out. I'm going to see if I can get one online. I wanted um, to go to the main booth. Yeah. They reached out to us on Facebook and I w- they had a quilt that they were um, auctioning off. off. Darn it. I know. So you guys, our bad. If we did not come see you, it was not for any other reason other than we just got, you know, we're just stuck in our booth and, and couldn't get out like we wanted to. Um, One highlight for me I forgot to talk about yeah. was I did walk by the Super Duper booth. Okay. And Sharon Weber, the creator of Super Duper, was wearing a zebra suit that yeah. matched the bags that yeah. they were giving out. So that was quite delightful because these were all neon stripes, not black and white stripes. Well, we can appreciate that as other lovers of a good outfit. Yes. So fantastic. I think we need to bring our costume heads next next year. Right. So this is a lot longer than we intended it to be, but a lot happened. Yeah, so we want to debrief. It's fun. Um, and I love that we're debriefing in something that's being recorded. <laughs> I hope we haven't said anything offensive. <laughs> Whatever. Um, the other last part would be Boston. It was in Boston. I have never been there before. Um, Let me start with my regrets. My regrets was we didn't get out and see as much as I wanted to, which you know I have serious issues with FOMO. And so I'm bummed that I did. It was the weather was freezing. We didn't have our suit luggage for the first 24 hours. That was the big thing. So we had no coats, no nothing to go explore. Um, And so I'm so bummed we didn't see more of it. But from what we saw. I want to be back. Oh, Oh, I can't wait to be back. If you've never been to Boston, get it on your list. The history, the food, the parks. Yeah, it's beautiful. I get think the shopping is amazing, which that's probably what I didn't get to and I love to do the most. (laughs) Um, Loved everything about Boston. The The lobster. The people. We had lobster. We feel wicked smart. <laughs> I got a shirt that says that. Um, anyway, very cool. Great location. Thrilled it was there. And excited for Orlando next year. Yeah. I love getting to travel to different parts of the country. And we will be going to Harry Potter World and well, maybe even Walt Disney World while we're there next year. So um, let's start planning that now. Because, oh, that's the other thing I was going to talk about. We really wanted to do a get-together or some kind of a party. Ashley should be about some parties. There should be some Heck dance yeah. parties and things happening. We couldn't pull it together, you guys, this time. But let's but do next something year. for Orlando. Next All year. right, deal. We threw it out there that you guys could ask us some questions and we would attach them to the end of this podcast. And you came through. We've got some <laughs> great questions here. So we're going to try and get through these as fast as possible. So the first question we received, there is not a lot out there for aspiring SLPs. Do you have any tips and tricks to get into grad school? So I don't know if this is specifically referencing that there wasn't a lot of information for aspiring SLPs at ASHA, or if this was just a general question about that topic. Um, So thoughts on that? I don't think at the national convention, I always see a ton of students in general. I know that Texas Speech and Hearing Association, students are everywhere. So I think I would maybe start at your local convention first and see what resources are there. Check in with your your local speech and hearing department, but just start to do some research even online on broadening your scope of other programs. I think sometimes students can get really focused on, I live in Arizona, so I can only go to Arizona State or University of Arizona or NAU. And there are lots of online programs and other ways that you can get into grad school other than just your local resources. So branch out, network, connect, 
And um, but students do go to these big conventions, and it's always fun just yeah. to get a buzz and even undergrad and excitement. Yeah, I did meet undergrad I students. I expect there. to see grad students there. I mean, I never went. Let's be real. I don't even think I paid my initial dues. But um, I saw a ton of grad students. But I talked to a lot of undergrad students right. too. Um, and so that is that's a good opportunity to network at least with each other, find each other, get a hold of Nishla. They probably have resources and things too. Now, we did do a podcast episode with a professor from ASU. That could be helpful for you, so find that episode. It's with Maria Dixon. Um, But we should also do another podcast episode with tips and tricks. Okay, we'll get on that. All right, next question. How? uh, What was it like having a booth? So we already kind of talked about this. Um, It was very painful for my feet. Yeah. I'll start there. Yeah, so I'm really mean. I don't think I said this in the earlier episode, but um, I will not allow chairs. (laughs) In our booth. We have no, no table. We have no chairs. One, just for space reasons. But two, no one is going to approach us if we're sitting in a chair. It's just not, you know, like the most effective way to be inviting. And so I have chairs removed. Um, that being said, I should have splurged for the padding under the carpet. Well, and then We were standing on concrete for 10 hours. What I loved is how um, SLPs are such problem solvers because literally by day three, I felt like the bottoms of my feet were bruised. I mean, not even kidding. It felt like they yeah. were just fully bruised. And so I was dying and I was complaining out loud. It was in my head for the first two days or just maybe <laughs> to you. Um, and then an SLP walked up because we we're talking about just the cost of everything. I don't think people realize that you get charged for every single thing. A chair is $70. Carpet is $200. A trash can is $30. Padding is a couple of hundred dollars. So um, I was just saying, you know, I don't care if it was $3,000 we're paying for it next year. And so she goes, why don't you just get one of those things you put in front of your sink when you're doing dishes, like one of those personal kind of foam pads. And I go, oh my gosh, that's genius. And yes, even if we don't get the padding, for the full booth, we are getting that next year yeah. because I will never, ever do that again. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I love, I, I we talked about this again earlier, love, 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 love being in the convention hall with our peers and meeting people. Mm-hmm. Love that part. But it is long days. It is a lot of talking. And we have to be on all day. All day we have to be charming. And I talk, mentioned this earlier. I'm actually not that much of an extrovert. So it does take some extra energy to really be putting yourself out there. Um, and so anyway, it, it's... Well, did you find too, there were times I just forgot words. Oh there my was gosh, one time yeah. I said a sentence five times and said it wrong each time. And then the girl, she just looked at me and she just started laughing. And Isaac was standing next to me too. And I'm like, I swear I can speak, but it has just been a really, yeah. really long day. Well, I think it's funny because we say the same things over and over right. and over and over and over again, like because we demo the product and, and we have the same things that we go through while we're doing it. And even by the end of that, I'm like, um, what does this app do again? <laughs> What's even, my name? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who am I? Where am I? So it's really exhausting. But if you've got a product to share, you have to do it. Oh, and they do have, I don't know if everyone's aware of this. We get the actual exhibit booths because of just there's two bodies and we have this um, stuff that we have to demo, but they have member booths. So yeah. if there's even anything that you're interested in showing, and it doesn't have to be necessarily SLP related. There are booths there of people that sell scarves and jewelry and whatever. But as if you're a first time exhibitor and you are a member of ASHA, you can sit at the member table. And I think it's only like $300. I think so too. I think so too. It's a great way to right. do it. So yeah. you can network and I do they 
give you your convention pass. I think you still too. get a convention pass included in that. So just consider that. Yeah. Look into that as a member table. If that's you can something only do like it a, once, your right. very first time. Your but very first time. It'll still give you a taste of what it's like to, to exhibit. So if you're a crafter or have something you want to sell, go for it. So yeah. you have a captive audience of people that will love all of your stuff. Yeah. Okay, next question. Who was your biggest SLP celebrity run-in? I like this question because the fact that it says SLP celebrity, because these are these, this is real. Like, <laughs> this is real. We have celebrities in our field, right? Um, and so, like, Lisa and I geek out every time we see MGW. By the I way, didn't see did, her this I, year. I, do you guys all know who I'm talking about? That's our nickname for Michelle Garcia Winner, yeah. who's kind of our obsession. I saw her and Pam Crook. You like, saw Michelle? Oh, yeah. Okay. But I stalk from a distance. I never actually went up and talked to her. I walked past... Pam Crook like two times. Yeah. So I was like saying hi to her in my yeah, head. And but we I totally kind of geek out. And then I did give Nina Reeves a hug. I love, love Nina. Nina. Yes. We had the privilege to work with her during Summit. And she's a boss. We love Eric Raj. Every time we see him. He is a cool dude. Yeah. That one. I know. I love, love him. Who else? Oh, we met Teresa Richards in real life. Yeah. So we've had the opportunity to, to talk with her online about things because she's another really great business boss. Um, and she's in the medical side of things, so not really related to to what it is we do every day. But we watch her from afar, and, and watching people fangirl over her too—that was really her funny. Hard. So yeah. if you're in the medical, you know who she is. As you're, if you're a school SLP, you might not know her maybe as obviously because she's um, very involved in um, dysphagia. Dysphagia. I know. Is that how you say it, or do you say dysphagia? I don't ever say it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Hashtag truth. You never talk about it. Um, who else? You guys, we're going to miss people. No, well, so, well, we have the bloggers next to us, Oh, well, too. yeah. That's I a, mean, like, I feel like our little party island yeah. is a given. Those yeah. are all, like, I know. people I die over. And then just our friends. Our friends are there. Anne Paige is one of our besties, and she was right down the way. So, anyway, lots of fun people to see. Okay, what was your favorite convention swag? Oh, oh, I got this. Um, I wish I knew the company that gave it to me too, but I love anything squishy or stress balls. I have um, a desk full of fidgets because I need them. And this one was a, like a yo-yo squish ball thing that I literally sat and played with in the booth for hours. I did not get out to get anything. So okay. honestly, the only thing I got was from our neighbors. Jenny gave us her Asha Famous pen, which that was phenomenal. That was like amazing. a really nice pen too. Beautiful. And then I know as we were packing up, Hallie gave me a purple speech time fun Sharpie, so okay. that will always be and used. She had those cute sunglasses. I didn't get any of those. Fun. Oh, Maureen gave us um, pop sockets. With, oh, yes, with I her. Have, yeah, yeah, that was I really have, good. I have not unpacked yet, so yeah, I got one of those. We got a ton of new coasters from from Speech Room News, and then I think I got a button from our neighbors for, Heidi. Little B, a lot of buttons. Yeah, which I'm loving the buttons. So we've done buttons the last two or three years, maybe. And it's so fun because people decorate their lanyards with them. And I'm seeing more booths doing the buttons. And so I feel like it's like Disneyland. I was wanting stickers, though, because I just got a new lap tape, lap, lap tape, huh. laptop cover. And it's a little bare right now. It's yeah, real sad. Need it needs stickers. some friends. Yeah, so we need more stickers, people. Uh, I, that was not I think encouraging people to send sticker. them. Were you like saying we need more stickers? Send them to us. No, no. I'm saying people who give do swag make oh, stickers. Yeah, for real. I didn't see. Yeah. I think we were the only ones that made stickers, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I think Jenna had stickers. Oh, I, I wish I would have seen those. I know we should have gotten out more. What's the funniest thing you overheard at Asha? Oh, you know what? Did you see Meredith posting those? Meredith on the did a lot SLP? of posts about things she overheard that were really funny. One was really funny. It was a difference between 
asses and... And assess. Assess. Talking about typos. They found a typo in the presentation, thankfully, before it went live. Yeah. Which I can appreciate. And there was another one uh, I just saw today that said something like, I don't talk a lot. And the other scientist said, really? Because I have qualitative data that says otherwise. (laughs) I thought that was genius. So how I can't ever think off the top of my head. You know what? I know that's the problem because a lot of times we just, we laugh all day when When we're there. When you've got Jenny Bjorn next to you... (laughs) I mean, first of all... Oh, let me touch your fanny. Let me touch your fanny. They were put a lot of hands in fanny packs. Well, because Sarah and I wear fanny packs. That's where we put our buttons and everything. And so Jenny kept wanting to touch our fanny. Jenny also made... So she does this thing where she um, does initiates each of the new girls from her clinic that have come to help for the first time. And initiate, is that the right word? Well, Hayes, maybe. Hayes was better. (laughs) Um, And so she made her wear a paper crown, and then they took all of the um, tag, what are those tag? Ribbons. The ribbons. The ribbons you put on your ASHA badge. They took all of them, which ASHA had a ton this year, and they made her wear a sash. And it was the greatest. A crown and and a sash. And she did it. Yeah. So shout out to Sarah for just stepping up and doing it. All right. Um, Oh, what did you guys do after hours in Boston? Um, that stays in Boston. <laughs> you know, there I were some say, late nights. There were some late nights, but I will say some of the highlights for me were eating lobster in at, what was it called, the Oyster House? Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh-huh. I couldn't the touch it. Restaurant in America. Here's me that I ordered this lobster because I love the taste of it, but then I have this like. Tactile defense, like well, a of course you like crack it and it's. Ugh. Well, I don't want to touch it. I just want to eat it, and so. And you didn't know you're getting a whole lobster. Well, I think I did know that. That's what's so oh. funny. I think I'm just kind of a princess, and I'm used to people doing things for me. True, and Isaac are. stepped up, which was awesome, he and did. cracked my lobster. He sure did, and didn't get any of the benefits. Right. I ate all the lobster, and he got all the dirty hands. Yeah. So it worked out. That was awesome. But we got to see the booth where um, John F. Kennedy was a regular. The, the former president. Yeah. And so that was kind of cool. And I also liked that. We went we to the old to... bars. We did a whole night what we called Drink Like a Founding Father. So we went to all of the oldest bars. I mean, these bars have been around since like, what, late 1700s? Well, and that's early the one, um, the Green Dragon was the one that is where they sent Paul Revere off on his ride, his yeah. famous, famous ride. So that was kind of cool just to be in these spots that are you know, so old where we live in Arizona, you know, so I know America as a, you know, the country that we know it today is a newer country, even as compared to when you go over to Europe and see some of those old structures. But here on the West coast, I mean, we just celebrated our centennial. Right. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing old, but we had a lot of fun. Let's just say there were some very tired mornings in that Exhibit hall and not enough caffeine. Okay, um, what's your goal? This is a good one. What's your goal for next year at ASHA? More swag. More swag, a new exhibit. We're getting a whole new exhibit, a booth. Number one, uh, TSA broke our cases that we stand in, our pedestals that also carry all of our things. They broke them. Thanks, padding. TSA. Um, I want padding. Yeah, so we're getting a whole <laughs> new booth because of that, though. Plus, it's time. It's time for a big girl booth. So we're going to do that. I want more friends in the booth. I want actually Mm -hmm. some of our users that love our product as much as we do and do some shifts because it is, I mean, I don't think people always understand like we are there all the time, which is great. We love to be there, but we literally only step out to shove a sandwich in our face and go to the bathroom and it's just not sustainable. Yeah, we need more help. And then there was one more thing I was thinking of. I want to see some courses. Oh, we want to have a party. Oh, and a party for sure. We're going to host a party. We just need some planning that that is, um, we need to map this out more than like maybe 
the month before. I've been working on this for months, Lisa. No, How often did you would say that? No, I mean... For months I've been working on this. I'm talking about like the party and things like that. No, you no. always map out the we're swag. Gonna, and... We're going to have an argument right now on for the first time on our podcast. I'm just kidding. What? I'm just what? kidding. But no, I have. I've been working on this for months. There's just a lot of details. Right. And so I am going to start earlier. Probably, I'm going to start now. I've ever, actually started working on our new booth and, and all of that. So next, Asha in Orlando, we are going to we are going to kill it. All right. How much does it cost to have a booth? Too much. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. I want to say the booth itself is somewhere around like 1500000 something like that. That's not the problem. The problem, like Lisa said, there's a lot of extra little details that cost extra. But it's the travel. It's the swag. It's the hotel. All of the food. So it does. It costs us a lot of money to be there which is one of the reasons why we really are only going to probably be doing ASHA. We want to get to more state conventions, but it's very expensive. And then it's also time away from our daily job, which obviously impacts our big picture too. So it's expensive. Um, again, totally worth it. Not complaining. We will always do ASHA. I just, I wish we could get out to conventions more often. And I think that's why we get asked, like, can you go here? Can you go here? Yeah. Can you exhibit at this one? And that, typically the answer is no, because it's too much. Yeah, it's expensive. It's, it really it's, is. And it's not even just the cost. Like you said, it's the time expense, yeah. too. It's just, it's, it's too much. Lisa and I really are it, pretty much, you guys. And so when we're in that booth all day, we can't answer your emails. And so it gets, it's a, it's a lot. Again, not complaining. Loved every second of it. Just throwing that out there. Being real. All right. I, oh, here's oh, that's a good one. I can't afford to go to the convention. I already pay so much for dues, and sometimes I'm not even sure what Asha does for me. I so we talked about that earlier. It is kind of expensive to go to this convention. Again, I highly recommend it, you guys. It's worth it to do it at least once. You, something you really need to see and experience. Um, as far as Asha dues, that's the other thing. There was a coming around the corner. We always all talk. I see everyone talking about the fact that they're right around Christmas time. So it's a hard time to be coughing up that few hundred dollars. Um, here's the deal. This is where we do have to have a bit of a mind shift. Um, because I think what we're wondering is, is maybe, again, we're not seeing direct impact maybe of ASHA in our roles or we, you know, whatever we think about what they do for school-based SLPs, all of that. Here's the deal. We have to be a member of an association that gives us accountability. And credibility. And credibility. So that's what I'm paying for, you guys. I am paying to have that certification so that I can show people I went through rigorous steps to get there. Um, and so it also is the accreditation of universities. Right. You wouldn't ever want to go to a university that wasn't accredited by them. Um, and so that's it. There also is a plethora of resources on their webpage. They really do. They've got great data banks of evidence and support in that area. Um, and so... And it's separate. The convention is a separate yeah. animal. Right. So it is two separate things. I do agree the timing can be really hard because yeah. this is often, again, you're paying your... If you're going to the convention, you're paying for that. You're paying for your ASHA dues. You're paying for your holidays that are coming up in December. I mean, it is a hard time of year. So I'm not sure where the... Planning came in for having it in November every year. year. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure either. there was a great decision made along the way as to why that initially came up, and then sometimes things just stick. But yeah. I wish um, I always do think it'd be a great benefit if districts offered, you know, to pay your dues or something. That's just a that's nothing for them right. really, and it would just do us a solid. I always think I know some districts do. I know contract companies often do um, because it is. I mean, we spend a lot of our own money on things. I think maybe my mind shift is different too because I've worked other jobs than a speech language pathologist um, where I had to have certification. 
and pay for like this kind of national organization to offer me that I had to take tests and do things. So this is just how it is in these fields. And it really is about credibility and accountability and, and things like that. And so anyway, there we go. Did we answer that? I think so. Okay. <laughs> this one, did you get a promo code for the fifth edition Praxis book asking for a poor grad student? <laughs> oh, man, no. I, again, we never left our, our booth, so I wasn't out there. Um, I, I don't even know which company does the Praxis book. I don't book. either, but I would Maybe reach out to that Pro-Ed. company. Yeah. yeah, reach out to the company. If it's not on their website, email them. Because oftentimes, even if they don't have it posted, just say, I heard there was a promo code. Can you still honor it? But for sure, follow up on that. Yep. Um, on oh, this one made me like want to tear up a little bit. Do you realize how much you have changed the lives of school SLPs with toolkit? Aww. I know. Like I, I'm kind of getting emotional actually as I think about it. Um, again, we talked about this earlier in the episode. Um, when we hear people say this to us, it's extremely overwhelming um, and really kind of surreal. And again, we never thought this is what we would be doing in this point in our lives. We built it because we desperately needed it. And so the fact that it's doing this something for other people, it's awesome. It's mind-blowing. It really, really is mind-blowing and really hard to wrap our heads around. And that you share it with us yeah. is awesome because, yeah. again, we do a lot of work alone, yeah. you know, a lot of hours alone. And so that you share that with us is, you know, we th- thank you. Thank you for sharing thank that. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. It makes us want to just keep keep on trucking. Okay, this one is kind <laughs> of an wait. inside joke. Uh-oh. And so you might have to do some explaining. Uh, me? Uh-oh. I haven't, And I haven't been saying the names of the people who ask these questions because, you know, some of them, they probably don't want their names said. But I might have to on this one. Uh-oh. Because it's from our friend Catherine. Uh-oh. <laughs> Would you eat street meat again? <laughs> who did that? <laughs> well, this connects into that other question of what we did after Asha. The convention at, you know, after hours, where there may have been some drinking to our founding fathers that then led to... And when she says we, she means her. I didn't eat the street meat, people. She ate the street meat. This is no joke. There was a man selling chicken. We think it was chicken. Could have been pigeon. On a skewer, outside, in, in the streets. In a zipped bag. And I will not name names, but several people ate it. And here's the good news. Nobody got sick. Yeah, here's the deal. I'm here to live to tell the tale, yeah. so... Yeah, that those are the kinds of things where you realize we don't always make the best decisions. But you know what? Sometimes, but you gotta live. Yeah, and it was opportunities worth, it was present the, themselves. The photo op. That photo's flying around there somewhere. Hopefully no one ever posts it. Okay. Oh, here's a good one. What is a favorite business book or podcast of yours? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so I just got a new book on marketing from Seth Godin. Did I say mm-hmm, that right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's literally called something like, this is how you market or something. I'll Great go look. Read. So I haven't read it yet, but I've heard great things about it, and I'm really excited because marketing is something where we have gotten to this point. You know, we have done good enough, obviously, because people are using toolkit, right? So that's good. Uh, I've hit a ceiling, a little bit of a ceiling, and I need more help um, with some some real marketing efforts. So I'm going to try and get as far as I can, but then there's probably going to be a point where we have to hire people. Um, the other ones are we are huge um, fans of You Are a Badass, Love. I could listen that to that was over game changing and over. for us. I still listen to it when I need that refresher to remind and me. You are a badass at making money. Yep. The sequel. Yeah. No, and I really think that those kind of books, it will all depend on where you're at in your stage of your idea or business. Yeah. So even like I know when we were really early on with our dreaming of business and, and just starting out, we liked big magic. 
Oh, you guys, that one changed our lives. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So there are that's different things. That's not like things. a business book. That's just a book to inspire you to do whatever it was you were created on this earth to do. Right. And we were all, we are all here with gifts and talents. And so you guys, that one was like really powerful for us as we were in those beginning early stages of can we really do this? So there are different yeah. resources out there depending on where you're at. Um, so seek them, get the inspiration that yeah. you need to do what you, what you're here to do. I am right now listening to Brene Brown's newest book called dare to lead. Um, I'm really excited about that. It was recommended to us by Jenny Bjorm. And so far, I mean, Brene Brown, anything she writes, know, read it all, listen to her Ted talks, game changer. Um, I'm literally looking at my audible right now to make sure I haven't missed anything. Um, 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 um. building a story brand was really interesting for us. We liked that one. The five second rule, again, not so much about business, but just kind of mind shift changes. That's by Mel Robbins. Anything she does, I'm obsessed with. I was only able to listen to that for about five seconds. You didn't like it? Oh, it was the same thing over and over oh, and over I again. Did. I kind of disagree. I really liked it. I just felt like she was okay. yelling at me about five seconds okay. all the time. Well, I liked I found that one motivational. As far as business-related podcasts, um, I listened for a long time. I was listening to... Everyone knows him. Vanderchuk. What's his Gary name? Gary Vanderchuk. Yes. I listened to him for a long time. Um, and he's kind of hard to listen to, though, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, okay. Um, who else? You the, guys, um, I'm the girl. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-mm. The one you're obsessed with that you saw at... Oh, the Allison show. Yeah. So it's, it's well, kind of more like brand. That she talks more about brand, and I'm just obsessed with her in general because talk about somebody who has figured it out on social media. No, the one with the smooth voice, though, too. Who? The one with the brown hair. Oh, I'm my so gosh. You're talking about Amy Porterfield? Amy Porterfield. Who I, again, stalked from a distance yes. when I met her at yes, that business yes, conference. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Literally, I waited outside her booth, you guys, and tried to get the courage to talk to her. And I, I, she is so lovely. I'm sure she would have. And I, I didn't she do work it. for Tony Robbins too? She did. Yeah. So oh, her, we love Tony Robbins too. Her podcast is really good. Really practical. Really, you know, I like the ones that are quick too. That I don't have to invest. Yeah. You know, four hours. Right. Like this episode today. I know. So sorry, you guys. This one was so long. But we just thought it would be fun for you guys to ask us some yeah, questions, especially good. if you weren't at ASHA. So there you go. We um, are going to do a second episode all about business, so we can talk more about that then, too. We also have an exciting guest who's coming into the confessional. Can't wait. Do I spill? No. Oh, okay. All right. So that there you go, you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us today, and we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.